I don't think I can pull this off at all. But here you go. Uh, oh, okay. Are you going duck hunting? <laughs> and that's why I haven't pulled the trigger. It's Tuesday, but, you know, Jeffrey forgot it was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It's a, yeah, you, you messaged me and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, who's that? Bill. Hmm. You yeah. know, it, it's a it's a funny thing how life uh, finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, Post pandemic, if we can call it that. Sure. It, it still is just there are weeks, man, where it's just a blur. And yeah. if I don't have reminders or like I didn't I didn't do my my reminder and notification kind of set up for the week yesterday. Yeah, it, so I had to do You normally it. do. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm much better if I have some even loosey-goosey schedule of it doesn't have to be like okay, today you're going to create this logo and it has to be Pantone 427, you know, it's not that. It's you know, work on this today, work on that today. So I can kind of have a little bit of structure but uh some wiggle room within it because if i'm just left to my own devices man we've talked about it it's like an open world game and i just i don't even know what to do a lot of times i will just sit there and not really be able to make a decision on what to do for the day sure but i mean do you have things like our recording time as a reoccurring thing i used to but i went to a new system and i'm trying to use my phone less and use my watch and write things down okay so i'm trying to you know, I'm, I'm in that mode of finding an analog digital hybrid system that works for me. I had everything on my phone uh, and it worked out very well, but I'm just trying to get away from from the phone so much. Sure. Uh, and I've been using just my watch lately. And I, I first of all, I love the watch. And I think I've said this before. I, you could you could take my phone before you could take my watch. I yeah. would I would I would have that watch as a as a device because I think it's it's. It's connected enough via, you know, voice and text and, and all that kind of thing, but it doesn't have the distractions of a phone. I mean, I'm not sitting there, you know, scrolling through pictures or, sure. or you know, web pages or texts or whatever on the, on the watch. So I'm trying to get out of that mode and find a uh, – productivity sounds really businesslike, but find a way to still be creative and be productive – without losing so much downtime to sort of meaningless distractions. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm I'm currently holding my Apple Watch that was a hand-me-down from my wife. And uh-huh. uh, it's uncharged because it hasn't been charged in a week because I find it infuriating. Um, so it's just, yeah, it is interesting that... that um, Back up, infuriating that it doesn't hold a charge or no, no, you no, just don't I like just, the device? It's like another thing to charge, another thing to... I don't like things on my wrist. Like I turn mm. off all of the notifications. So it's just a watch, which is like, okay, well, I don't really like watches. Right. Like what am I doing with it? You know what I mean? Like I just, it's... it's it, And I understand that for a lot of people like yourself and, and Conrad loves hers and people love them. Um, I just, I use, I, I've used it on the rower as, as, as a heart rate monitor and stuff like that when I'm working out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just sort of fun sometimes to see, oh, what's my heart doing this week? Um, but as a day-to-day walk around carry thing, I feel like it would, 
it doesn't do enough to warrant being on my wrist all the time. And it certainly doesn't do enough that if I actually had to do something, I wouldn't want to do it through there. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. But do I don't you carry your phone with you whenever you leave the house, like yes. whenever you walk out yeah. the door. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I'm not always on my phone, but my phone is, if I'm walking around, I'm usually listening to a podcast. Yeah. You know, so my phone's in my, I'm not like sitting there messing with my phone all the time, but my phone is in my pocket as like the player thing. And I mean, I could actually get, it's like my thing with the, you know, I, I'm a Mac and iPhone person. I don't understand what iPads are for and I don't understand what watches are for. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like there, if it's, if it's not enough for my, if my phone is small enough and if it's not, my phone isn't strong enough or fancy enough for it, then I go straight to the Mac. I don't go to an iPad, you know? And if, right. and below that, I don't want to talk to my watch all the time and I don't want to tap that little thing. Plus I can't even see it honestly, right. nowadays right. without right. Right. reading glasses from a foot away. Um, so yeah, for me, it's not a thing, but I, I, you know, yeah, you said when we went to the museum, you said that you really love your watch. Do, do you think we have gotten or we're, or we're getting like, where, where are we on the continuum of these devices no longer really being as useful as we thought they were going to be? So we've tacked on all sorts of distractions to create a use for them. You know, you know what I'm trying sure. to say? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I don't know if you took away your computer and your phone and your watch, right? You took all that away. Your day it's not a would, world I want to live in, but okay. Well, no, no, no. Well, yeah, would it not be a world you wanted to live in? That's my question. Is it you? You seem like you would be able to more get along in that world than I would. I think so. I my mean, my I, world requires the computer more than your does, just because. The stuff that I, I do so. actually is in a computer most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, as, especially as I've gotten away from doing as much digital work. Now, here's the weird thing, though, man. I I find myself actually this is this is maybe a good discussion point. I find myself missing doing the digital work, but caveat: is it really doing the work that I miss, or is it being on the team with the people I did it with? Well, or or any yeah. sort of team for that matter, and not being a solopreneur, solopreneur, is that what they call that? What, like yeah, so solo entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't like that, and it's, it's honestly, it's been messing with my head lately because I don't have a lot of friends in real life. Mm -hmm. Most of my friends are scattered all over the country or all over the world. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a lot of people that I hang out with that I can just call and go, Hey, you want to go to the diner or Hey, you want to go get a coffee? Sure. Yeah. They, they are far away. And I've found myself missing that and then going, well, you know, what I really miss is I miss being, you know, I miss doing this kind of work, but I don't know if it's really that I miss that kind of work or that I just miss the, the social framework or structure that that was around it at the time that I was doing it right because it was it was very much in place it was it was pre you know teleworking obviously you're um, you're an interesting case I think because I mean I think I know you almost as well as anybody at this point sure. uh, and you're simultaneously and uh, I love you you're my friend you're simultaneously like kind of like a curmudgeon leave me alone while simultaneously being a I like people around because I want to work with other people yeah right you're you're sort of both of those things simultaneously 
So, and I never knew, know when I'm going to, I never know what I'm going to wake up as is the weird thing. Okay, like, so you I actually, wake up, you imagine yourself as those two things, but it's, it's one or the other. You kind of fall on one or the other, depending on the it day. It seems like it. It seems like it because it's, it, it, it feels in my, in, in my day to day, like there are days that I definitely just don't want to be around people. I want to sink into a book or sure. I want to watch TV or I want to, you know, go right. turn on the Xbox or right. whatever it is. But then there are days where I just go, oh my God. I haven't been out of the house in, you know, a week and a half and I really need to go talk to some people or right. whatever that, you know, maybe not a week and a half, well, maybe a week and a half. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it is, it is definitely those, those two sides of the thing. And, you know, as a, as a 50 something, where do you, where do you go to make new friends? That is a good question. We, you know, uh, Conrad and I, met a guy at a party last summer, early mm. last summer. We were just chatting with him, blah, 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 blah. And a uh, nice guy. We had a good conversation. And uh, um, at the end of the thing, he, we were leaving and he was just like, hey, uh, you guys want to hang out sometime? Because like I'm in my 50s and I have a hard time making friends and we got along. Yeah. And it was you know, and, 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 you know, he came down and went to a, a baseball game with Brad and I down at the, the, the Cyclones down at Coney Island. And, and we had a good time, you know, like nice guy, Paul. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I, I keep meaning to invite him to more stuff because that takes a lot to actually say that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like I am in a, not a unique position, but a, but a minority position in that a, I do like being around people almost all the time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have those. I mean, yeah, there's moments where I'm depressed or I don't feel well. Like right, like today, I, I feel like crap. I have a, some sort of cold in my chest, as you can probably mm. hear. Um, so this afternoon, I'll probably take a hot shower and take a nap for two hours just because my body needs it. But but that's just because I'm sick. It's not because right. I don't want to be around other people. Um, yeah, it typically is more <clears throat> physical for you, not emotional or existential. Right? Yes. Or if I do feel emotionally or existentially depressed or, or isolated, the answer to that is for me to be with other people, not to sink into it. You know, mm -hmm, it's like, mm -hmm. I got to get out of here. I got to go outside. And it's part of the reason why I live where I live instead of somewhere more remote, because I think that those times would go in a bad direction if I was remote and couldn't suddenly yeah. be around people, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but, 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 but it's interesting because like it, it, you're right. It is hard. And I think it's, it's, I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you feel like you, I think that there's probably some people who meet you and think that you don't want to be close friends with them because you come off as like a little bit like, Oh, he's, he's doing his thing and he's really intense on that. And, and like, I'm going to back off and let him do his thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. look, we had some electrical work done uh, and, and the electricians that we use, one of the, the, the guy that does the work, his name is Jeremy and wildly interesting guy. History yep. buff comes from a really interesting town in Pennsylvania. And, and you know, we had some really cool conversations in between him doing his thing. And like the last time he, he did some extra work and he was here and I was like, Hey, if you're ever, you know, just have some downtime, we should go, you know, grab a meal or something. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. And, and we kind of exchanged numbers. Yep. And I just thought like how odd that situation was 
that I'm saying, hey, you know, person that's coming to do work on our house. Do you want to play after school today? Yeah, let's go go hang out. (laughs) Want to build a fort in the woods? Yeah, right. But he was so interesting. And, you know, it's... But what's wrong with that? Why not? That's the the thing. Like, what's wrong with that? Like, what else are you going to do? I don't... Like, I'm at a loss of of where to go and what to do. You know, I I read this book called Bowling Alone, which kind of chronicles the the downfall of community in this country, starting really in in kind of the 1960s. And, you know, things that, that, that used to be community centers, whether it be churches, synagogues, VFWs, uh, you know, uh, clubs, uh, you know, all these things have, have really, um, uh, kind of gone away except in, um, you know, black and Latino communities sure. where sure. that's a much stronger bond, I think, I you think, know, but for whatever yeah. reason, my demographic has kind of fallen by the wayside. I think that there's, there's two things there. One, I think that the, the rise of sort of individualism, like I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm not going to be part of this tribe or this crew or yeah. this whatever. I'm tired of doing my own thing. Yeah. But I mean, the flip side of that is that there's a conformity thing that's expected in groups, right? So, I mean, mm. it's, it's, everything's mm. a double-edged sword. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I think you have to, you know, you got to build your own little tribes. Um, but yeah, it's true. You, it's, it's, it's hard to find people. I think it's also that, you know, the, the, kind of things that you like making. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, going and having conversations with people you do, but your paintings, that's generally alone. Right. Your, your essays you write and record those generally alone. Yeah. You know, my thing that I like doing requires another person. Yeah. <laughs> At like least liter- another person. Like yeah. literally requires other people to yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think, well, and, and, and Adrian yeah. has said that, you're really in, like you want people to be as into the things that you're into as you are. Yes. Like in a perfect world, you know, you know, I did this little video about packaging. She's like, I've seen that in practice. You are a total packaging design nerd and, and you, you want other people to get as excited about those things as you are, but those people aren't plentiful. That's not everybody out on the street. Yep. You know, but you know there are okay. I watched a uh, a documentary the other day. Somebody told me about this documentary about linotype. Mm, neat. Yes, please. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I figured you'd be in, on board with this. <laughs> Why have I not heard of it? And you can watch it. You can watch it on. Um, you could watch it on the YouTube. Uh, and what is it called? It's called Linotype the Film. And I'll oh, put I'll put okay. a link in the show notes uh, when when I do it here. I'll, uh, and. And it is a somewhat, you know, low budget documentary made by people who love linotype, right? Um, and for those who don't know what these things are, these are these big machines invented in the towards the end of the 19th century that you would type on a keyboard and these forms would come down and come into a line of type, thus the linotype. And you would you would you would it was a typesetting tool, right? So you you type in all the letters like a like on a crazy keyboard that only was designed just for this. So it's not QWERTY. It's like a different kind of keyboard. You type all these things in, they go tick, 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 tick. And all these little forms would come down and, and pop next to each other. And then you'd pull a lever and that set of forms would go back and lead would get injected into the back of them. And then in a few seconds, what would pop out would be an actual line of type that was a single slug of lead that popped down and it would become like the next line on your thing. So you wouldn't, 
be using individual forms to do the the layout. You would do the individual forms to create the line of type, and then those would all get recycled back in. And what you'd end up with was this line of type that you could use in a printing press. And then at the end of the day, that stuff would just get melted down to lead again and be put back in the pot. Um, and they stopped using these machines in the late 70s, I think, early 80s, something around there. You probably know more about this than I do. No, I don't, actually. <clears throat> okay. And... Well, they, they, they use these things for, you know, a hundred years and mm. I think it was 1983 or 78 or something like that, where the New York times stopped using them and went to a light based digital system, you know, uh, and all of these linotype machines where this linotype brand, by the way, a little etymology thing in, in the middle of the documentary, they were talking about how all of the fonts typefaces before linotype you would pull out like an e put the e in an s put the s in you know what i mean like right. stick them next right, to each other right 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 and each one of those boxes of type was called a sort because you'd sort mm-hmm. out the different letters and then mm-hmm. if you ran out of an e say you were screwed you were out of were sorts out of out of sorts yeah that's yeah. where that comes from and i never i never knew anyway so all of these things are there and they're talking to all these people some of whom own these things Right. They they bought them, but they have to repair them or they're like a small, tiny press somewhere that does, you know, wedding invitations or a weird little newspaper or whatever it is. And there's one guy who drives around the country and fixes these things. Right. You know, I mean, it's like it's like little tiny community, um, including a young guy in Brooklyn who's got one. He's like, yeah, it's real great with the ladies. I was like, is it? Um, and. <laughs> You know what I'd really like to find is somebody who can work on a linotype machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really? Is that, but but is what's that really, really sad is that the, the, uh, some bo- it wasn't the Boston newspaper. Maybe it was. Anyway, they go to an auction where they're getting rid of this Heidelberg press that they were used to use and they're mm. getting rid of their linotype machines. And the auctioneer goes around Jeffrey and he's like, all right, linotype machines. Let's start at $200. Oh, wow. Wow. $100. And one guy goes, I'll give you 10 bucks. For a linotype machine. And no one wanted the other one, and he gave them both of them for 10 bucks. Oh, my gosh. Right? Wow. And now this guy's got to move what is ultimately, you know, I'm sure like a ton and a half of iron, steel, and metal. Oh, yeah, and massive machines. I mean, this thing's like a clockwork, right? I mean, there's like cams spinning and things flipping, and you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the most ingenious. It's like a Rube Goldberg machine for making type. And... It's amazing. And there's this documentary that's an hour and 20 minutes long of the people in the country who are still sort of obsessed with linotypes. I kind of love that. I kind of love it too. But I guess I'm saying this is the point of view of, you know, your, you know, Fielding's comment about packaging Mm. and your love of packaging. There are probably way more people who are into packaging than are into linotype machines. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I actually I don't know. But but I I'd imagine so. But there's yeah. a documentary about linotype machines in 2022 or 2020 or whenever the hell it came out. So hmm. it I I think that I think that the I the, I guess my point is that like finding oh god, I hate to do it. But like finding your tribe as Seth Godin says. Right. Uh I think is, is, is probably ultimately what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, it's almost, it's, you live near a major city. There's gotta be people who are into the things you're into. You just gotta I, find them. Maybe it, it's yes. Okay. So it's, it's, it's kind of the inverse of social media, right? Inverse of social media. 
you're, you're trying to get seen on social media. I'm trying to see people. <laughs> I'm on the other side of that. I'm trying to find those, those people. And I've, you know, I've thought about like, I'm going to set up a discord and, and, sure. and, you know, have a, a, a kind of like what, what the, uh, but the isn't it ironic that you're trying to do that in, in a, but you're simultaneously trying to see people in the real world and get out of your stuff. Yeah. But by thinking, your attempt yeah. to do it is a discord. Yeah. Um, because do those clubs still exist? I mean, there used to be a, a camera club. Um, you can certainly make one. Silver Spring Camera Club. I think it's been around for like 76 years or something. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 but I don't know if it survived. And everyone in it is 76 years old. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah, I don't know if it survived. You know, a lot of these yeah. these places, they they disbanded or went, tried to go virtual. Sure. And then never came back together. I mean, maybe it's worth, you know, joining AIGA or, you know, some one of these. these. At least then every twice a month you're going to somebody giving a talk. Right. You know, I mean, honestly, that could be it. My friend Craig asked me if there's a photo equivalent of AIGA. And I was like, not really, because photography is so much more splintered. You know, mm-hmm, events mm-hmm. photographers are different than portrait photographers are different than product photographers are different from art photographers. Like it's we don't think of our we happen to be using the same tool, but we're not doing the same thing. You know, there's not, there's not a, and, and plus photography is a bigger world than design say, you mm. know? Um, but yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of thing you probably should, could look into, you know, yesterday, a friend of the show, Chris Connors came into Brooklyn. Yeah. I went, saw your photo of that. That's great. <clears throat> went hey, to the Chris. diner with me and, That's uh, cool. you know, uh, Matt Carr, my buddy gave me a roll of, uh, uh plus X pan. Mm, 125. Is, yeah. Uh, from 1988, uh, that, I don't know where he got it. Good question. We'll have to ask him. Um, and so I grabbed my, I was walking out the door to meet Chris and I was like, you know what? Let's just shoot this roll of film. Yeah. So I grabbed my Leica, went up to the diner, loaded the Leica. That was then, your Leica in the, in the shot on the counter there? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And, uh, and then Chris and I walked all the way around. We walked through Prospect Park. And then we went to the train and we went all the way down to Coney Island and we walked around Coney Island on the boardwalk and then we went on the beach and then we went and got a hot dog at, at, at um, what's it called? Why am I blanking? Nathan's. Out? Nathan's. Thank you. Um, and then got on the train and came back, you know, and I, I, I went and dropped the film off. I shot 36 pictures and I went and dropped it off. I pick them up tomorrow. Let's see if it works, you know, because it's 30 What's the roll film. of film cost now? $25? You know, I don't even know, but. 15? I mean, this one is, uh, like if I just got like Triax. Yeah. Uh, 30, let's see. And how did you, it's, it's, if, if it expired in 88, what is, isn't it like a half stop every well, 10 years or yeah, something? That is, or what that is, is, is it? it's $15 or for a roll of Triax. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, but then you got to process it. So you're probably looking at a dollar a shot, which is interesting what it used to cost for when I used to shoot my Hasselblad and used to shoot, you know, 120 film. It was yeah. about a dollar a shot. So now 35 is a dollar a shot as opposed to being like 50 cents a shot. And that's um, pre-scan. That doesn't even include scanning. Uh, it cost me, well, that's the thing. I dropped off my film, processed it black and white. So not C41. Black and mm-hmm. white, it was $20.68 for processing and scanning. Oh, and scanning. Really? <clears throat> yep. 
What so res do they scan at? I have no earthly idea, but I'll also get the negatives back. So if there's something that's really oh, yeah. matters, yeah. I can always do it myself. So that would be what? 30, 35 bucks. So about, about yeah. a, a dollar slice. Um, but uh, uh, you said something else that I, I, I missed. I didn't answer. Um, anyway, yeah, just walking around doing that stuff. And it's like, I don't know. Oh, the half a stop uh, a thing. Yeah. So for people who don't know, when film is expired, the longer it's sitting around, especially if it's not frozen, it like supposedly loses sensitivity. Um, so you have to hit it a little hotter. I, uh, shot this stuff at 100. So I gave it like a third of a stop, which is mm. probably not enough, but I didn't want to overexpose. Yeah, um, yeah. so I shot it like that and then I had them just process it normally. And worst case scenario, it's a little low contrast and I can just, you know, yeah, you up the contrast in the scans. I'm not that concerned about it. Hey, speaking of, of Hasselblad, <laughs> did you, did you see the, the new, the 960 or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, the 960 yep. with the 1CX back. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Beautiful. It, it is. I don't know that that's the camera I would ever want to use though. No, I wouldn't want to use it. I just want to have it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I that's, just want to unbox it. Like that's <laughs> even, you know, it's like uh, walking around yesterday with the M, like M4. It's like, it's it's a great camera. I love, it's super fun, you know, putting a roll of film in there, walking around and thinking that it costs you a dollar every time you press that button. So you don't press it as much, you know. Um, and it's, it's super fun. It's, but like if I was on a deadline and I needed to get the shot and whatever it is, I would not want to use that camera all the time, you know, uh, or <coughs> that Hasselblad for the, for the, you know, for, for that matter. Um, yeah. just the autofocus and it's like hundred megapixels a, and yeah, not an inexpensive camera either. $13,000. No, yeah. It's 13 grand. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I mean, okay. Yeah. You said something about dollar shots. So you're not going to, you're not going to take it. That's one of the things that people say now, right? Like you got to, you got to shoot digital the way you shot film, right? Yeah. But when we all shot film, film was so cheap that we didn't shoot film then the way we shoot film now. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Winogrand's got like what, half a million exposures? Yeah. And and then people used to buy, you know, the big rolls. You can still buy Tri-X rolls for. Yeah. It, I used to I have them. I, I've still got a, I, I've actually, I've across the you hall from me right now. I have a roll of plus X. Yeah. hundred foot, an unopened hundred foot roll of plus X just sitting there. Where'd you get that? Uh, I bought some darkroom supplies a couple of years back and it was in the box with, with all this other stuff. Yeah. Still sealed. I mean, it's probably, you know, who knows how expired it is, but it's in my chilly basement. So I was, it's probably still good. I was never, a, uh, I was never into photography enough when I was younger, when that was the thing to may have it make sense to roll my own. Mm, mm. How much of an advantage did it give you? 25%, 30% cost advantage. It's not like, I don't remember it's not how half much the price cost. or a third of the price or something. It, I, I don't know because you still had to buy the cassettes and you know, and then there's the time, but I was burning through hundred foot rolls in high school and college. By the burning way, through them. try X on, on, on B and H is nine ninety nine in a roll. For a 36? Uh, yes. Yep. So mm. it's not, it's not the end of the world. Uh, oh, and here, a hundred foot roll is $159. Do you have any idea of how many rolls you'd get out of a hundred foot roll? I how many know. shots? Well, how many, how many rolls if you packed it? You know what oh, I mean? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, I don't What's a 36 exposure rolls? What? 34 inches, 38 inches, something like that. Is that something like that? Okay. Yeah. So you get a lot of rolls out of $159. Yeah. 100 foot roll, uh, uh, thing because a lot of it is just you know but then you got to have the machines and you got to pack it and what if one of them leaks and blah 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 like that's you know it's a whole other ball of wax it's a whole other roll of film 
It's a whole other roll of film. Um, yeah. Hey, I uh, my knives are sharp. Yeah, you, you said that. Guys uh, were cool. Yeah, I ended up. <laughs> I'm 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 so glad I went because yeah, you know, the, the jokes aside about the the odyssey that it took last week to not get there. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> you know, I I got down there. It went easily. It went smoothly. I show up, I sent you a picture from the outside just saying, Hey, you know, look, yeah, I made here it. Here I am. Yeah. And I walked in and, uh, uh, you know, the, the young kid comes over and he says, you know, uh, you know, what can I do for you? I was like, well, I just have these three knives. And he's like, Oh, you want me to do them right now? If you, if you want to wait a few minutes, I'm like, yeah, sure. I said, how much? And he's like $5 a knife, which is cheap. Cause I think it how costs, are they, how are they, how many knives do you have to sharpen to stay open? Well, that's a lot. Yeah. Right? Well, they also sharpen tweezers and they sharpen like medical instruments and they also sell medical instruments and all that kind of stuff. So they're, you know, doing a lot of different things that are sort of related, you know. Um, but yeah, $5 a knife. And then the you're going to love this. The machine he sharpened my knife on was built from a World War II tank surplus. That's crazy. And they just a, cut it apart and and yeah. said, you know what we can do with this? <laughs> yeah. Apparently the first grinder they had, which was a sandstone wheel, was from World War One. And they built mm. a new machine for each war that America was in. So there was like a line of machines. The World War One machine had already been removed because as we suspected last week, they're moving. They sold the building and are moving. So this is a family business then? Bianco Brothers in, in, in Bay Ridge. They're moving to Staten Island. Yeah. Wow. I think they bought the building a million years ago. They're selling it, and then they're moving to Staten Island. They're moving the business to Staten Island. So they've already moved some of the stuff out of the place, but they have all these grinding wheels all over the place. And the grinding wheels are all going all the time because they're they're so heavy that it's actually cheaper to keep them going than to stop them and start them. And at oh, one wow. point, so really? I yeah. So mm. I happen to have my camera with me and I said, you know, the guy, while well, I, I just took a couple of pictures of my phone, like across the room that I think I sent you when he was sharpening my knife. And I said to the, uh, the guy said, oh, you know, we have uh, social media if you want to tag us. And I was like, well, I think I could do you one better than that. I happen to be a portrait photographer and I have my camera, if you don't mind. And the, and the guy's like, yeah, the kid was like, yeah. And then the father comes over and I start talking to the father and I learn all about the grandfather, I learned about the daughter. I learned about how long they've been there. I learned about selling the building. I learned about, you know, I mean, I, you know, know their life story like you and I would be if we talked to these kinds of people. Yeah. And, um, and so I ended up taking pictures of both of them, but he turned off one of the spinning grinding wheels, like, oh, just in case, you know, and it was still spinning when I was done shooting him five minutes later. Oh, wow. Wow. Because <laughs> they weigh so much, right? So yeah, it was, it was, it was really fascinating. I had a really good time. And then they tried to let me not pay. I was like, you know, while you're, cause his father took another customer came in. I was like, he's like, Hey, while he's doing that, before we take pictures, let me settle up, you know? And the kid's like, yeah, no, don't worry about it. Pete. Wow. And I said, no, 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 I'm sorry. I, I insist. And so I, 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 you know, paid for my stuff and took pictures of the father, took pictures of the son and then, uh, uh, headed out. But it, with my really, really sharp knives, but one thing he said to me is that apparently because of the grinding wheel, they use this big grinding wheel that's like, I don't know, 30 inches around or something like that. And because it uh, is like a has a has a curve to it, uh, 
when you're grinding, it ends up giving a curve to the, to the, to the blade. So the blade ends up sort of being concave on both sides and coming to a point, Mm. which makes it sharper. Oh, wow. But it means that you can't just go sharpen this knife in like a pull through knife sharpener because that's just going to be straight and you're going to end up kind of, you're going to have to like cut away the tip edge to get down to that shape again. He's like, but this thing, if you just use a steel to like, you know, lay down the burrs, it'll stay sharp for at least a year. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was, it was a really interesting. That's cool. Sounds like a cool experience. One last thing, Abraham Lincoln quote on the wall. Give me, (laughs) give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the ax. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought you'd get a kick out of. Yeah, that's great. That's great. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, you know, as you said before, you know, your idea of just going into places like that where you happen to be a customer or, you know, you drove by that hardware store a thousand times and has been there since 1926, you know, go in and find the old guy in the back mm-hmm. and you're going to get some stories. And I don't well, know. And yes. And take it, it goes back to this thing, right. Of, of uh, treating people as something other than a transaction, yes. taking a genuine interest. And, and showing interest and showing respect and, and it, it honors the tradition of their family. I'm sure it made their day to have somebody interested and, and want to photograph them and talk to them and listen to some of the history that they've sort of hung their shingle on for the past five generations or whatever. Yeah. Three generations. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. You know, by the end of it, it was, you know, they're, they're moving out, but I bet, you know, and I, I sent them the pictures I took of them and the son was like, oh, wow, these are amazing. You know, I was like, you know, give me your address. I'll send you a couple of prints. So what will it cost yeah, me cool. to send a couple eight by tens or 11 by 14, 15 bucks? Maybe. You know what I mean? Have those shipped straight from Adorama straight to them. Sure. And you know what? I'll probably never have to pay for a knife sharpening again in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, Not but that you're you doing it for will. that, but it's just, you know, it's that yeah. kind of. You know, it's like the little things you're right that I think that those little personal touches are the things that make experiences memorable. Yes. Um, and, yes. and we should look for those things. You know, I don't know. We were walking Cooper yesterday. Yep. Uh, two, two streets over, one street over. Must have been one street over. And there's a... Uh, woman that lives on that street, older, I mean, God, she's probably in her 80s, maybe. And she was struggling to get her her recycling bin off the curb and back where it goes. And, and you know, I've seen her before. I said, hey, can I, can I help you with that? And she's like, oh my God, that would be great. Thank you so much. So I, I pulled all of her recycling bins and her, her trash cans back. And she's like, well, hold on, let me give you some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. You were like, yes, like, no, no, please. No, 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 really. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And it was just so, you know, she was so pleased and so tickled that, that somebody would take an interest and, and stop and notice. And I was telling Adrian, and she's heard this story before when I still lived in California. Um, I was at a stoplight heading home to my apartment and uh, I, I lived on this two, but kind of up the street from, from two 
an intersection of two major streets, uh, Baseline and Archibald Avenue. And they're, they're, if any of you who've been or live in Rancho Cucamonga, you'll go, oh, I know where that is. Um, and I was at the stoplight at, at the intersection and there was an old guy um, on the right side. And just as the light turned green and he stepped out to cross, he fell. And there were people behind me and I paused for a minute and the person, you know, you, you, I just went, I went because I was at the front of the intersection. Mm-hmm. And as I was looking in my rearview mirror, nobody stopped. And and he's just kind of on the ground struggling to get up. And I, I went in looking in my rearview mirror and I, I remember thinking, I'm never going to do that again. I'm right. never going to miss an opportunity to help somebody if I can. You know, yeah. and it just I, I, it, that was 15 years ago. And there have been countless times where that's proven true, where I just. It's the right thing to do. It's how yeah. I I was raised. And I'm sure a lot of you who are listening are nodding along and going, yeah, that's that's what you do. Um, yeah. But something as simple as just letting people know that they have been seen, that they it doesn't have to you don't have to help them up off the ground. But if you can, you should. Yeah. Uh, but you know, going in here and just showing an interest. And, and I would imagine that even if you didn't have your camera with you, that whole experience would have still been very similar. Oh, sure. I would have chatted them up anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say that, you know, there's, uh, you know, Kitty Genovese, you know, this case, uh, 1964, Mm -hmm. 28 year old woman in Queens in Kew Gardens, Queens, uh, was killed. Um, Mm. uh, a bunch of people, 38 neighbors were awakened by her screams. Only only two of them called the cops. Oh, wow. Um, now, well, so they uh, just sat there and listened to her scream while she was being killed. They all figured someone else was going to call. Ah, okay. And this is sort of the psychological thing of it, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, somebody else has that. Um, yeah. Well, and I think there's a, a, that and yes. Uh, and I don't want to get involved. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, the flip side of the woman with the trash cans that you stop, she is for her to say, can I get your number? So next Tuesday when I need this, you come over and do this at 6 p. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're yeah. like, oh, which, crap. Now it's which, which I would, which you would. But you can't do that for everybody all the time because no. you have your own life to lead, Right. So this is this is there's a line somewhere in there, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that. I think some people are are overly um, concerned with their own thing that they're not looking at other people as much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a little bit of a narcissistic inward looking kind of thing. Um, sure. Uh, and yeah, I think that, you know, stopping and saying hello or helping people. There's, there's these guys uh, on my block up the hill who, you know, sometimes like work on their car on the street, you know, that kind of thing. Right, um, right, and they're the kind of people who 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 will sort of obsessively vacuum their trunk out every Saturday. You know what I mean? Like sure. get a get a shop yeah, back sure. out, and they're doing the doing the thing. And like these are guys who I think have been in the neighborhood for a couple of generations or something. You know, been around around for a while. And I say hi to them. I don't know that they know who I. And they say hi back. I could certainly have ignored them for the last twenty years I've lived here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I figured you know what, say hi, create a connection, and then 
at least then we all know who each other are in case something ever happens. You know what I mean? Saying like, you know, where it's like, oh, I know that guy. He's the right, one who says hi right. to me every once in a while. Right, and, right, right, right. And not in like a self-serving way, but just in a, oh, we're all aware of each other kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that that there's a sense of community in neighborhoods. You know, it was, that's the way it was when I was a kid, especially when we lived in, in Azusa. Yeah. Um, we knew everybody, everybody knew us, yep. you know, we knew the gardeners, the trash men, the, you know, whatever it was. Um, I, I try to bring that to our street. I know almost everybody on our street by name. They certainly know me by sight and I know them by sight, but sure. we know most of them by name. Um, and that's important to me. Yeah. I, it's because why wouldn't it be? I mean, how do you live next door to somebody for 20 years and not even know who they are? Yeah. I mean, we knew our neighbors when I was growing up, you know, the, the initial neighbors and my best friend lived down the street. My friend Matt lived down the street, but, yeah. but I, beyond that, I have way more of a, of a, um, neighborhood here than I ever had as a kid. Yeah. You know, in the sense that it was funny, uh, Chris and I walked into the diner and, you know, we're sitting there and. Do they treat you like Norm? Do they yell out Bill? Almost. (laughs) Yeah. Bill. I mean, you know, and, and there's other people I know, you know, my buddy Terrence walks in, he sits down. Hey, this is Chris. This is Terrence. Hey, this is Nick. This is whatever, you know, it, there's lots of that. Hey Matt, how's it going? You know, give people a hug and whatever. So yeah, yeah, it, it does feel like a little clubhouse, which is why we go there. Right. Yeah. So it's good yeah, for yeah, business yeah. for them too. Um, in the sense that it feels like another secondary home. You know, it does feel like cheers a little bit. Yeah. And someday when it's gone or we're gone, that's going to be really sad for me. You know, like that that yeah. like a little part of my life has died, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth having now. Did- is that the, did they sell that diner? Did they, didn't it change hands or, or was that another place? I thought, I, I thought we they, talked about a place. The, 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 the diner as it is right now has been there as with these people running it since you and I met, but it used okay. to be a different place. It used to be a place called Katina's and it's, it's hmm. now a little purity and it's, it's, um, yeah, you know, and the food's good and everyone's nice or whatever it is. And, you know, we know everyone there and go to weddings. And what's the other place that the, the deli that is it Heidelberg? Heisenberg? Heisenbergs? Heisenbergs. 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 That place went out of business. That's in, that's in, uh, Oh, in it went city. out of business. Yeah. Oh. It got bought out by another place. Now it's the S and P sandwich shop. Uh, mm. and it's not as good and it's a little different and it's a little sad, but you know how much it costs for a pastrami sandwich at Katz's now? I think it's $28 just for the sandwich. Okay. Okay. Can, can I interject here? Sure. Cause th- this is funny. Is it, I, I saw a clip that popped up in my feed yesterday and I showed it to Adrian. This guy was like, hey, you know, he owns a restaurant and he's like, you know, a buddy of mine reached out to me the other day. He's like, well, you know, I, I want to support you. I love your restaurant, but w- why is it, you know, why is it $16 for a BLT? Yeah. He's like, it's just bread, bacon, lettuce, and tomato. And he's yeah. like, okay, well, let's look at this for a minute. Wait, you actually, so like, it was a video that you saw. Okay, the video, yeah. the guy's like telling me, he's telling my, he's like, I'm telling my buddy, let's look at this for a minute. My rent is 20 grand a month. Yep. My labor costs running at 35% is 60 grand a month. Yep. You know, my food costs, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's rattling off all this stuff. He's like, he's like, I, I gross a million and a half dollars a year and I don't make a dime. Yeah. Yep. That's why your sandwich costs $16. Yep. Yeah. 
uh, uh, we have a accountant who I've been using for, I don't know, 15 years now. Love her. Her offices mm-hmm. are out in Brooklyn. And she sent a thing out recently and she does not end up charging that much. Like we've been such long-term clients. We've sent so many other people there. We get like discounts and whatever it is. And we pay, I don't know, $250 to get our taxes done every year, which for me as a self-employed person and my wife having a real job, like that's not that much, you know, right? all told. And, uh, and she sent out an email and she was just like, listen, uh, I've got some news and we're like, Oh God, she's retiring. She's closing up shop. Like we're terrified, right? Cause it's really hard to find a good accountant. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, um, you know, things are really hard. I didn't get to, I didn't get to take a salary last year. So really we're raising our rates $50. Okay. For tax dollars. And I was okay. like, would be happy to spend a hundred dollars extra. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that's fine. Yeah. Great. We're not going anywhere. You know, or even these knife guys, I said, $5 a piece. That's too cheap. Yeah. You should be charging $10 a piece at least, you know, double your money. No one would even blink, you know, and they do all the knives for the food network and stuff too. They're like, you know, Oh really? This place that you went to supposedly. Yeah. That's what they said. Wow. So, you know, and, and like a bunch of culinary places and stuff like they're, they're like Bobby Flay comes in there. I found the right place apparently for the knife shop. But it, yeah. but but at the same time, you know, you and Patrick uh, started sending me someone using my pictures uh, last week, right? This is oh, you know, did he send you the same the same thing that that uh, that seminar he sent it thing? to me a few weeks ago, and I just I forgot about it, and I didn't get around to it, yeah. and so then I started seeing the ads, and I'm like, well, they're you know, yeah, they're everywhere. I I saw it again this morning. Yeah. Oh, you did it's, this it's morning. A yeah, I, uh, it's a picture of Seth Godin. Okay, you, next time you see it, take a screenshot for me, please. Okay. Uh, so I sent an are email. Are they using it without permission? Oh yeah, yeah they are. Oh, uh, see, because you you had you had initially responded to me saying, "Yeah, I think well, we got paid for that." I, well, one that's time. the thing. I, so I asked, I asked my agent. I was like, "Hey, did we get paid for this one?" And she goes, "I don't think so." And I was like, "Okay." So I sent an email to the people. I said, "Hey, listen, you're using my picture." You didn't pay for it and you didn't ask permission and you're using it in advertising where you're making money, not just like you posted it, you know? Right. I was like, this is yeah, a real You're not problem. just linking to it going, hey, look at this cool photo. Yeah. Yeah. I said, you have to cease and, des- cease and desist immediately, you know? Uh, and I got an email. This was on Friday. I got an email back from the guy yesterday. And basically the thing was, you ready for this line? Oh, one of our designers inadvertently oh, yeah. yeah 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 it was the intern blame yeah, the intern yeah, throw exactly, the intern yeah, under the yeah, bus yeah, yeah. oh i've uh, taken care of it i've removed it i'm so sorry and i'm like yeah sorry doesn't cut it you illegally used my image for a month and made money off of it you yeah, owe me money send, where can i send the bill exactly so i'm actually in the middle of writing an email back to him where i'm going to attach an invoice you know here's my invoice would you like to pay it or would you like to speak to yeah. my lawyers? Yeah. Cause I Ugh. will win. Should you I, know? should I send this to your, your intern? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's so funny. Oh, the, well, the programming team just, they didn't, you know, put a semicolon. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Okay. Well, but, but what bothers me about it and this kind of dovetails with what you're talking about is like, there's this, it's this, this lack of respect for people who do the kind of work that we do as if it's not the same as the work that other people do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like I would never think to not pay my accountant's bill at the end of doing tax season. You know what I'm saying? I would never, I wouldn't do that. That's it would be illegal. That would be wrong. You know, I paid those guys for those knives, even though they told me I didn't have to, because they were being very sweet, you know? Yeah. But I wonder if there's something about just, there's still this, 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 the guy should have said, I'm sorry we did that. What do we owe you? That's what he yeah. should have said. But he didn't. But it's it, in his idea, in his estimation, maybe it's a victimless crime. Sure. Like it's on the internet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, sorry. It's, you know, it's like, yeah. well, hold on a second. So other people who now want to buy my picture of Seth Godin may have seen it used in an ad and maybe think I shot it for an ad. Right. Maybe they don't want to use it now because it's associated with your company and people don't like your company. Right. You so stole you, all of that reputation yeah. from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you had to do something to it. It wasn't they didn't use it as is. No, they also they also they also messed uh, with it and cut it out and changed the shading and didn't all kinds of stuff to it. So. No, I'm sorry, is not good enough. But how mad do I get where I just seem like uh, I feel like a pissy child being mad? Yes, sure, 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 sure. You let them be the bad guy so that you can just be the cool artistic photographer. Yeah, but it is really frustrating. Yeah, I'm you scrolling know. through right now. I don't see it, but I I saw it this morning, or maybe it was last. Was it last night? Hmm. Am I talking? Am I talking shit? It was either last night or this morning. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he said that it was taken care of, and that was yesterday morning. No, I definitely saw it again at some point yesterday, if yeah. not this morning. You know, and so that stuff—it's really hard. I I was thinking about it this morning, and it's a little bit like being in an abusive relationship. Where it's like, come on, baby, I love you. You know, like the work you do is so important and all this kind of stuff. And then the next minute, it's just like, get out of my house, you know, or whatever. And really? it's just like, what do you That's... mean to get out of your house? Okay. Like, you know, which, which is it? Do you love me or do you hate me? You know? And it's. it's... I, okay. I, I'll go one better. I don't think they consider you. No, oh, which is even worse. Right. I, yeah. it's, oh, it just, it drives me crazy. By the way, just in my email. Yeah. Uh, I got uh, scans of my photos. Of the of wait, they sent me a Seth zip Godin? file. No, no, no. Oh, 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 oh your, film. your your film that you got. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, really grainy. Yeah. Well, plus X though, plus X shouldn't be that grainy. Really grainy. Hmm. Uh. Uh. So maybe a uh, hot, uh, real strong developer. Uh, maybe here I will, uh, here's, here's a, okay. Here's a, here's a picture of, they're not using rodent all up in there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to send you a picture of Chris at, uh, eating, uh, well, when we were eating hot dogs. Um, yeah. So this is ISO 100 F five, six at 125th of a second, something like that. Does it make you want to shoot film? No, no, no. Um, it makes me want to be rich so I could just have a Leica just to carry around occasionally. But, yeah, but can't you get a to... Leica? What, what's the digital one? Is it the M10? Is that, yeah, the, is that yeah. the digital? 4,500 bucks. For the body? Yeah. I so mean, I... Leica M10 is more expensive than a medium format. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leica M10 is an expensive camera. That's $4,500 for a used one. The new oh, one. for a are, used one? Well, now it's the M11 is out. I don't know how oh. much the... I don't know how much the M11 costs. Let's see. It hey, costs Fuji, $9,000. Uh, Fuji's coming out with, uh, apparently, 
the X100VI, the 6. Yeah, okay, but it, do we know February. that or is this just rumors? Yeah, no, it's confirmed. February. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, they've been With, waiting. It's been a long time that they've been It's been a long making- time. Yeah, uh, uses the same sensor as the XH2 slash XT5, that 40 megapixel BSI X-Trans sensor. Okay. Stabilization. Yeah. It's probably a really good camera. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, $1599. See, yeah, I mean, I had the second version of that camera. Yeah. And didn't, it didn't click with me, but, but. Again, people absolutely love that camera. Um, it's yeah. I mean, you can find them on eBay. The the X one hundred Vs for like thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, for a yeah. camera that retailed for thirteen. Is that oh, because because no one could get them for a long time. Yeah, right? you can't get them. This and they they sold out. Supply chain. apparently that's why they stopped making them. Is is the whole supply chain? Thing. But they couldn't get them. I don't understand. They couldn't get. They couldn't the get parts. the parts that they needed to make them. Apparently, you know, depending on who you believe. I think they're neat little cameras. Um, they are. Would super I buy one? Yeah. Eh, probably not. So would okay. I use one? Sure. <laughs> You'd use anything. You need, you know. Should especially if they're packaged well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. Um, All right, so let's look at these for a second here. What do we? I, what I'm, se- we I'm sending you just a couple. This is just. I just was just. These oh are, yeah, look at that. Okay, so here's okay. Noisy, here's what I want right? to see from you. Yeah, super noisy. Great. But I want to see you pull these into Lightroom and and use the AI noise reduction and see how how it cleans this up. But doesn't still that require a detail. raw file? I don't know. This that this is my. Uh, 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 That's a good question. I think it might require a raw file. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. Yeah, that's really grain tastic. I mean, wow. look at the, the you know this one of of Chris. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, huh? You know who you know who knows, but there, I mean, it, listen, it is thirty eight year old film or whatever, right? So right. I, you know, and and it hadn't been exposed, and I doubt it was taken care of. I wonder if I, I mean, had you could you could I think you could do something with these. <clears throat> oh, I you know I yeah I'm just I'm just sending them to you as they came to me. I'm just rotating yeah, yeah, them yeah. and sending them to you. But like, it is interesting to me that. I've also never shot plus X, so mm. I don't, I didn't know what it would look like, you know? So you're yeah. just, you're just walking around taking pictures and you're like, oh, is this going to be super contrasty or is this going to be super? Uh, plus X is not, uh, HP five is where you want to go for that. Or at least that's what I, I used to shoot yeah. really yeah, punchy yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway. Question for listeners. Uh, are you still shooting film? If so, what are you shooting with and what kind of film are you shooting? Podcast at on taking pictures. It's dot com. It's, I mean, it is expensive. It's not cheap, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Sub question. Sub question. <laughs> uh, if, <laughs> is it better to burn out than to fade away? Um, if you are shooting film, are you processing it yourself or are you sending it out? Would you process it yourself? Oh yeah. I like that. Pro- I, I like that process. But um, Yeah. I, he's he's I like liked- C41. I love that process. Yeah, no, not so much that. No, no. You know people who I do like C41 at processing. home? I do know people that do C41 at home. I would love to try it just so I can Very color kind of dependent, it. right? Uh, temperature. Is Te- that's what I, what I mean. That's what I meant. I, I, yeah. Sorry, I'm yeah, spacing. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have a constant temperature. <laughs> yeah. Fluctuations can, can cause A couple degrees havoc. in either direction and bad stuff yeah, happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, I very would love weird. to try it, though. Um, 
but yeah, black and white was fun. If it, I think it's fun every once in a while, even though it's expensive. I mean, it's not, you know, you're not talking about $500 a roll. It's so you've got to spend, you know, $20, $30. Sure. For a few rolls of film. If, if you develop yourself, especially. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's not that bad. I guess the question that I have ultimately is what advantage do I get from, sh- if, if I want to shoot like this, I could get a camera that shoots like this, that's digital. And then I just have the files in the computer where this one I'm putting on a celluloid to then scan it, to have it in the computer. Well, what is the celluloid yeah, doing for me? I mean, the, look, the argument has always been, well, you can tell a difference. Film looks better. Blah, blah, well, you blah, can blah. definitely tell a difference in these. You can tell a difference. <laughs> I don't know that film looks better. And even if it did look better, I don't know that that matters. I think it's, you know, you can, you can try and convince yourself that, that it looks better, but better is subjective. You think it looks better and that's okay. Yeah. Um, that's great. But I think there's something, it's just the visceralness of it. It's, it's people, you know, who listen to vinyl. It's people who wear cotton instead of polyester. It's you know, like whatever it is, it's, it's, there, there is just something personal to you. And I don't know why that's not okay. Why it has to be sort of evangelized as objectively better or purer or, It's not real photography unless it's X, Y, Z, you know, it's like, well, Although it okay, is, for you. Sure. Although I did say to Chris yesterday, we were walking around, I took a picture of um, the cyclone. We were walking by the cyclone. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I said, that's a real it, famous one, right? From yeah. A famous roller coaster. Roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. I said, isn't it really interesting though, that, I mean, and this is sort of the magic of film photography in general is that there is a piece of plastic or celluloid or whatever in my camera right now that has never seen light and Mm. I'm exposing it to light for 125th of a second. And that Mm. piece of that material is permanently changed. Yeah. And then I go and I run it through some chemicals and there, you know, I still have film in my closet from say when I first started going to the UK to, uh, when I was, uh, dating uh my ex in the uk there's you know film that i shot on my hotspot where there where it's like well yeah that that piece of film was at stonehenge Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know this literal piece of film was there and opened up the thing and stonehenge was in front of it and there's some sort of visceral thing about a physicality i think that we like sure and i think that's what it comes down to and and in fact, I actually found, speaking of that, is, is a picture of, from my Hasselblad. I'm sending you all these pictures via the messages. Oh, yeah, I got them. I got them. Um, of, oh, look at that. Stonehenge. of Stonehenge. And it's like, okay, well, that piece of film, I think it was actually Scala slide film, that one. Hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, well, that piece of film is is in the closet and, and was there at that moment in 2006 or whatever it is. That's kind of cool. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's part of the connection is, is the camera can come and go. You may not have the camera anymore, but you do have this piece of ephemera that was in situ with the thing or the person or the place or whatever it is. And because of that, by extension, we are in that place or with that person or yes, aside that thing. Yeah. I think that there actually is something to that, but mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's our, that's our legacy of, you know, the, the speaker stands that my father built me that are in the closet. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's my father touched these. So it's very hard for me to let them go, even though I don't need speaker stands anymore. Right. 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 You know, so it's, it's, I mean, I get it. It's hard. 
Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. You know, what also is interesting that they do they do these scans and they don't leave the edges on them, do they? Nope. No, if you're sending me these at hundred percent, there there are no sprockets. Yeah, I'm just sending you what they sent me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's also you know a lot of people like the the dirty edges too. Do you have uh, an option when you drop it off to say, hey, include the edges? Uh, I didn't think about it yesterday. I don't know. Because sometimes yeah. the machines that they use, because basically they use the machines they use to make prints. They just, oh, okay. it scans and then sometimes it makes yeah. a print from You're, the scan. Sent, are these JPEGs or little PDFs? They're they? JPEGs. Uh, yeah, basically. okay. Uh, I don't know. How, how, how high res are they? I haven't even clicked on any of them to make them big, big. I'm sending you the full ones. I'm just like dragging and dropping them in there. So whatever these are is what they sent me, which is... Yeah. Okay, so, so they're not small. Is, let's see, what is this? Probably 3,000 pixels, something like that. Yeah, 3,130 3, pixels, yeah. yes. And it was scanned on an Arutsu Koki machine, which is a printing machine. So mm-hmm. basically, they're just running it through the printing machine, but not printing. Yeah. Which is actually, I mean, it's handy, but it's a four megabyte JPEG, you know. I'm sure if I if I scanned it myself with one of those, like, top, if I had a both Matt, and my friend Randy have one of those setups with like a Sony camera and a and larger lens or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like a reproduction lens oh, yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can scan negatives or slides. Um, I'm sure if I brought these over there, I could probably pull a little more out of them. But I'm, I'm still going to get that just as much That might be a fun grain. experiment. Take them over there and just have them do like three or five and, and side by side them. Yeah. Here's what you get for $25. Here's what yep. you get when you have your friend do yep. it. Isn't it interesting though that... that uh, you know, these are, this is of course expired film, et cetera, et cetera, but this is 125 speed film. And I'm sure if it was brand new, it wouldn't have this much grain. This is like partly due to it being so expired and old, but yeah, I this mean, I is think a lot of processing grain. stuff in there too. Yeah. But this is a lot of grain. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it looks like it, it you know, um, it looks broken grain, amounts of grain, <laughs> you know, it looks broken. But like like most uh, of the photos that I take. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um yeah. Hey, did you have a photographer of the week? I do. Okay, cuz I, I, I have one for next week. Uh we'll, we'll, we got him back to Okay. Then. Okay. What do you got? Gerald Cyrus. I sent him to you in our, in our little your secret, secret super there. secret Slack uh, snack channel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, born in 1957 in Los Angeles and began photographing in 1984. In 1990, moved to New York City and obtained a Master of Fine Arts degree at School of Visual Arts in 1992. Uh, while at SVA, he also interned at the Sh- uh, Schoenberg Center for Research in Black Culture under the supervision of Deborah Willis. Um, Photographed regularly on the streets of Manhattan, Harlem, and Brooklyn, and in 1994 started frequenting the nightclubs in Harlem and photographed the vibrant music scene in that historic neighborhood for six years. The resulting body of work called Stormy Monday was published as a book in 2008. Um, Stormy Monday. Look Look at this under portfolios. Look at Stormy Monday, that body of work. And even, you know, the Harlem work. It's, it's so of a place. Yeah. You know, and it, I say that as a caveat, I say that as someone who's never been there. What were the dates? Did you say 60s, uh, 90s, 80s and 90s? Those 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. OK, got it. I'm flipping through. Yeah, I see. I see PV amps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Look at this like, guy. It, it just it, it. This is how, you know, I would imagine 
based on conversations that I've had with people or, or documentaries that I've seen or like it, it seems of a, of a period. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't it interesting though, that while you're, you're no, you're totally right that this is of a period. I bet you at the time this guy had seen all the pictures by all the blue note guys and stuff shot back in the fifties and sixties or or Gordon parks. Right. 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 And was trying to sort of recreate that kind of feel. And probably at the time felt a little bit like, yeah, but this all feels so now. So eighties, but of course now as in 2024, the eighties feels like a time period. It's the old Joel Meyerowitz thing where it's just like, yeah, sure. If you want your pictures to, to look old, just take them and leave them around for a while. And then they'll look old. Oh, did yeah. you see this one called Patience where it's a guy up on the on the stage with a mic, but then there's a, a woman's hand coming into the frame pointing at him? Oh, this oh, is great. Number there. 26. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. <clears throat> yeah. That's great. I love this stuff. I think this yeah. is, it's it's not always sharp. It's it's not always exposed dead on. Sure. But there's an energy there. There is a, there is a... Well, it's what we're talking about, isn't it? Sure. There's a visceralness of of feeling the way this may have felt, must have felt, could have yep. felt. You know, you, this this shot at the end of the bar, this guy at the end of the bar with like a fedora on. Yeah. What a terrific picture. Do you think that work like this works better in aggregate? Oh, yeah, with the gumball machines? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Works better as a series versus a single image. Do you understand what I'm getting at? I do. I think, I think many, if not most pictures work better in series. Okay. For me, because I want, I want to see what else you were seeing. I want to see what else you were thinking about. I want to see what got you there. You know, yeah. like I'm looking at this picture of, of the, the woman's finger kind of in frame. I want to see before and after. I want to see his reaction to catching her pointing. I want to sure. see what got her, all that kind of stuff. So I I love photographs in series. Yes, there are standouts where there are amazing single images, but I I really do like seeing things in series. Either either what came before or what what came after, or as it's presented here in this portfolio, a body of work that that I think it strengthens each of the single images to see what else was, was around them. You know, you and I both use the term body of work a lot. Can you just, well, you do more than I do, but, but do you think that (laughs) I was trying to be kind? Well, you do. Well, do you do? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you have a good definition for that? I think it's a, a collection of images, work, songs, writing that, are somehow held together by one another okay. and are made better by the inclusion of the other pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, off the top, off the top of my head, off the dome. it's probably wrong, but, uh, you're like, it's probably a terrible answer, but it's probably, uh, yeah, it probably is. But that's, that's how I tend to think of them like this. If you just saw this photograph of the guy with the saxophone and the finger coming in from uh camera left, it's, it's a, it's a fun picture. Yeah. But if you look at the rest of that collection of pictures, you're, you're given a fuller sense of, of, I think what that is and, and the scene, the vibe, whatever you want to call it. And it takes on a different, maybe even a more elevated place. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. No, no, no. I get that. 
No, I get it. Uh, it's, it's, no, I think it looks good. I, I like this guy. Where'd you find him? You know, I have no idea. It popped up somewhere. I don't know if, if I don't, I don't remember. I don't know if I was just reading about, I, I don't remember. I don't remember, but I have it, I have it bookmarked. So. Um, okay, cool. I have one for next week. Uh, by the way, do you know anything about, before we end, do you know anything about, uh, doing, uh, uh, time-lapse screen recording? Have you ever done any of that Like stuff? on your computer screen? Yeah. Like if I want no, to do a time-lapse of me retouching and then put it up somewhere, there's a no, thing called I've... Hustle. Hustle? Yeah. H-U-S-T-L. It's a, it's a go, H-U-S-T-L dot co sells an app. Go dot H-T-S-L dot. H-U-S-U-Hustle. Wait, wait, wait. I just had it. Ah, I lost it. They make an app that is uh, just for this. Uh, here, I'll, I'll send you a, a link. Uh, the, it is it is an app that apparently does this and just creates a, a a movie for you to download, and you can choose like how often it records, and it just works. Oh. It's twenty nine bucks. Or you can subscribe to it for. Uh, no, it's twenty nine dollar one time payment. Used by cool people at Uber, Adobe, Yale. Yep. Hmm. I just, I just, I, did, I figured you may have done some of this stuff before. No, I mean, I, I <laughs> always assumed that people just, you know, recorded, let the, let the thing go and then just squeezed it on the timeline and resolve or something. Yeah. Which I, I think you can do because you could record in QuickTime and do that. Right. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, by the way, before we finish, I am just plopping in some things. I just played with the contrast in uh, Capture One on some of these scans and just, you know, up them. So it's a little bit different than the ones I sent you. Earlier. Oh, yeah. Look at that. <clears throat> you want to put a side by side? Can you put side by sides in the in the show notes? Uh, I could Maybe put do them the, up do the... I could, You know what I could do? I could do. Uh, um, yeah, I'll find a place to put them or I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll put them up on my Instagram or something like that as a fun side to side. Uh, but yeah, just kind of neat. Anyway. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, what is it? Uh, Podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Wait, are you telling me or are you telling Alan Bellward? <laughs> uh, I didn't say it, Alan. Love you, Alan. It. 929-390-1916. We'll leave us a voicemail. Uh, we love voicemails. Send us a voicemail. Uh, podcast not taking pictures.com, like Jeffrey said. At Bill uh, Wadman, at Jeffrey Sidoris. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and go, go, go to my Instagram. No, not my Instagram. Don't go there. I mean, you can't. No, the, 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 go to the YouTube and watch my video I did about packaging. I, I actually did watch it before. It's not bad, right? It is good. Did you, did you enjoy doing the packaging? I liked it. It's only my fourth video, but I really liked doing it. It fourth was fun. I think ever. I'll do more. Yeah. Okay. Fourth um, video in four years. So I'm, <laughs> you're really, I'm really, really cranking I'm really them up out. against, yeah, I'm really up against the algorithm. You know, I was going to say the algorithm's going to love that. <laughs> oh, and one last thing I, I did a, uh, I was a, you were a guest on a podcast recently. You got, I, I haven't listened to it yet. I, I saw uh, you. Yeah. On Neil James podcast. Send me and, a link. I'll put it in the show notes. All right. Neil is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, his photo walk daily. And, uh, and uh, I actually daily. ended up on a podcast. Uh, brain and life podcast for the American Academy of Neurologists, where I talk about my migraines and being a photographer who gets migraines. And then they talk to my neurologist too, which is kind of interesting. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, you can go find that. I'll put a link in the show notes too. 
Did they offer any solutions or potential solutions that you don't already know about? No, because I mean, the woman that they were, these are just straight neurologists who are asking me because, you know, I'm a, I have a specific problem. And then they talk to my neurologist who's like a specific migraine specialist. So she gives mm. me everything there is to get. However, weirdly, yesterday I went to CVS to get a new shot, my monthly shot that I've been doing. And right. they were like, yeah, your prescription has no refills. And I said, that's weird. I, so you only I get ha- migraine free for a month? No, one second. I said, <laughs> I said, I think I thought you had, I had refills and they said they were, ret- the whole, the whole prescription was been retracted by your doctor. Oh, really? And I was like, what do you mean? And so they said, well, let me request it. And they said, thing? I'm sorry, I can't even, they won't even let me request a new one. Really? Like, That's weird. So I go online to my doctor and there's a thing where it's like one of the messages you can send is about refilling a prescription. And it's like, which one of these prescriptions? And I said that one. And they go, you cannot automatically refill that one at this time through this system. I'm like, what weird. is going on? So I sent a message to my doctor and I have yet to hear back from it this morning. So I, don't know I wonder what if there's like a on. recall or something about the 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 drug, or is there some weird thing right? that they found? Yeah, it's strange. So if I'm dead next so week, wh- you'll know what why. do you do. Yeah, right. Do you? Uh... Well, that's the thing. I need it on Saturday. Is my day to inject? So you know, every thirty days, so it wears off. So that would stink. So if what do I you do? Do you it. just start pumping ibuprofen like crazy, or what do you do? Well, I go back to having migraines like I normally do, which is awesome. Let me tell you. You know what you should do? I've heard this works. What? Before you go to sleep, put your hand in warm water. Doesn't that make me pee the bed? No. (laughs) That's good stuff. I mean, side effects, but, you know. (laughs) Your headache's gone. (laughs) You can also slam your head up against the wall. Yeah. Just have have Heather stomp on your foot. You don't think about it. All right. Have a good day. All right, see you guys. Thanks for being here. Going on and on the way we are for so long. To any fool, it's plain to see something's wrong. As this way, say what you want to say. Try to